Good evening and blessings and welcome to another installment of the Gist for Freedom of Space. This show is produced by acclaimed historian, educator, and author Leslie Gist and serves as our weekly live online discussion to celebrate the African-American experience by honoring all the people, past and present, black and white, who with faith and focus are preserving our rich history through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347-324-5552. So I'm, I'm thrilled to be here with Professor Deborah Willis from NYU Tisch School of the Arts, and I wanted to start off, as I always do, with getting a little bit about your background. I know that you were raised in Philadelphia. Uh, and then very interestingly, I saw that your father was named Thomas Willis, and then you married a guy named Hank Thomas. Mm -hmm. So Thomas, the name Thomas runs in your family quite yes, deeply. Yes. So talk about your upbringing in Philadelphia that inspired your artwork. So I grew up in Philadelphia and studied photography in Philadelphia. My father was very active in, in the community as, act, as a... Um, someone who took a lot of photographs, but his, his cousin had a photographic studio. So I grew up around a lot of images. My neighbor was his best friend, his name was Jack Franklin. He also was, he had a, he was like the kind of the, the photojournalist for the black press, the Philadelphia Inquirer, the Scoop um, newspaper. So he documented a lot of the black entertainment and political life in Philadelphia. And so I grew up with images and photographs a lot, and then my mom had a beauty shop. So imagery was central to me, and I was constantly looking. I also, growing up in the beauty shop, we also had Time Magazine, Look Magazine, and Ebony. So we had all of the magazines in Jet. So reading, I was always looking at ways how photo stories were told. And Gordon Parks um, transformed me in terms of looking at a black photographer. Um, in the in these big magazines, and then also Roy D. Carava, um, his book with Langston Hughes, A Sweet Fly Paper of Life. So all of those were part of my life and growing up, and I knew um, early on that I wanted to be a photographer. And I studied photography at the Philadelphia College of Art, and studying photography at that time because I grew up around photographers, I was curious in my naive way of asking the question, where are the black photographers in my photography books? And my professor said, um, oh, maybe you should do a, a project about it. And so my project that I started in 1972 is a project that continues to this day that I'm still seeking and identifying um, black photographers who I feel have been missing from the larger narrative of, of the story documenting um, black culture mm -hmm. uh, worldwide. And um, after graduating from Philadelphia College of Art, I went to grad school at Pratt. Same story, um, the same narrative of, of looking at um, black people as subjects, but never behind the camera. And I eventually, um, in the 70s, I visited the Schomburg Center for Research in Black Culture, which was my, you know, kind of growing up real graduate school situation. And I, in the 70s, I met um, Mrs. Hudson and Ernest Kaiser, the librarians there, and Ruth Ann Stewart. 
And they were really central in my life at that time as a young student interested in looking for ways to tell a visual story. Mm. They said, oh, they're in the files, but the photographs are were categorized as A, B, C. So anything like if the street was Avenue of the Americas, it was A, but if someone named Randy Abbott, that was an A as well. So um, I found a lot of black photographers by going through the folders, by reading the names of the photographers. After grad school and, and at Pratt, I ended up finding a job at the Schomburg Center. As, as a photo specialist. They, it was, it was my ideal job. It was made for me. I was, you know, young and interested in looking at the images and, and telling the story of, um, of the black photographers. Not only the work of other photographers, but I really wanted to look at ways to telling the story. And as a result of my undergraduate paper that I created, back in 1974, um, a, a wonderful man by the name of Richard Newman called me up. He was a publisher. And he said, how would you like to do a book on black photographers? And I said, oh, I have a project in undergraduate language. Wow. If you're interested in reading my paper, because I wrote to Monita Sleet, who worked for Ebony Magazine. I wrote for Morgan and Marvin Smith, who had studio studios in, in Harlem and in Harlem on... Uh, 125th Street. I wrote to Gordon Parks. I wrote to I wrote to all of them, and asking for an interview. Um, Anthony Barboza, Chester Higgins, and all of them said yes. And so I had a chance to meet all of the photographers at that time. And with this is in the 70s, but then in the 80s, with um, Richard Newman contacting me, he read my paper. He said, "Okay, let's do a." a bio-bibliography of black, black photographers. And so I pulled all of the photographs that I could find at the Schomburg, looking at my list of photographers. And, and so this is, this is not a, you know, it was just a way of, as an artist, doing research and gathering materials. And that's how I began the project and continued through, uh, through this time period of Reflections in Black. Yeah. In creating Reflections in Black, um, uh, I decided I wanted to go to grad school again and get a um, PhD in cultural studies. In between, I had a, a master's in museum studies at City. So um, with the research that I was creating as, as, a, as a PhD student, I wanted to create a story uh, not only about the photographers, but you know, write about their images and, and see how their images transform communities worldwide. Mm -hmm. And I um, had the opportunity to meet um, a wonderful agent and who also introduced my book to Norton. And there goes the history of, of that right. long period. And then um, the, I created an exhibition at the Smithsonian uh, on this topic. And the exhibition traveled for about four years and as it traveled around the country there were people asking me well is there going to be a film about this how can we see the ex exhibit after it closed and and then I approached in 2006 I approached um, Thomas Allen Harris to see if he'd be interested in working with me 
on creating a film on reflections of black, on black photographers. And he had just finished a number of projects that related to photography using the still image. And he, um, he was really happy to join me in this, this quest. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned Gordon Parks, uh, and it reminded me of a quote that he had, I won't do it justice. Uh, but he was using photography as a way to combat the hatred mm -hmm. uh, that he experienced in life and saw in life. And, and it reminds me of the, the activist piece to art. Uh, mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't put those two together. They, mm -hmm. they do their artwork and they focus on their work. But very few take that in an activist approach, and you've done that with some of your work. Mm -hmm. Talk about why you feel the need, or is that natural, the infusion of uh, activism in your work? Um, I I just find it just as as a natural. Um, the I think storytelling is really active. My my son is Hank Willis Thomas. Mm -hmm. He is a photographer who grew up around images, and he grew up um, looking at the image that Ernest Withers created. I am a man with the garbage man strike, and then Hank created, you know, a project you know of like this, um, you know. You know, making a project um, called I Am, Amen, you know, based on that, looking at that image, and then also looking at the images of, of how commodity culture has transformed black men. That, so his work is about looking and being active. And thinking about that, um, so making art to me is um, a part of my community and it's collective. And it's really significant. It's it's funny you ask that question because we also Hank and I created curated a show, and I'll give you this so you can take this called uh, Social in Practice: The Art of Collaboration. And we really believe that in making art, it is about collaborating with communities and 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 making a change. Mm -hmm. um, I want to talk a little about if you can mention uh, something about James Vanderzee mm -hmm. uh, because uh, we try to be educational with the programming that mm -hmm. we produce and a lot of people don't know James Vanderzee mm -hmm. and they should. Uh, so can you talk a little bit about him and his mm -hmm. background? So James Vanderzee is a photographer that I also met in, in the early 80s and had the opportunity to interview him and also published a book of his work in, in, in 1993. And so James Vanderzee Van um, moved to Harlem in, the 19, in 1915 and created a studio there. Um, his photographs basically documented um, many of the black people who lived in the community, but also people who migrated from the South and from the Caribbean to the Harlem community. And so his as a studio photographer, he was looking for a way of documenting the success and the progress of uh, people who moved there, but also the beauty. And, mm -hmm. and he created scenarios of family life and made photographs about, about lives with their lives within the Harlem community. Um, he lived until, until, I guess he was in his 90s, I think. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And his studio was one of the largest studios in, in the community. He's known also for photographing Marcus Garvey and um, the U Universal Negro Improvement Association. And his he was hired in 1924 um, at that time to document Marcus Garvey's uh, activities. 
Great. Uh, for those who are interested in getting into art photography and, and exhibiting and, and publishing work, how, how would you advise them to? Mm -hmm. But also, just in back to, to Vanderzee, there is a project that um, the Studio Museum has the, has the Vanderzee collection. But there is also a project with expanding the walls. There is a high school program there that the students look at a Vanderzee photograph and try to recreate it in Harlem in a, in a contemporary way. So it's oh, wow. really great. So in terms of people interested in, in studying photography, you know, getting early, you know, starting early, um, which is like the high school program that the Studio Museum has. We have one here at Tisch, um, a summer high school program and a, and a Saturday program. And it's really a fascinating thing to see young people, you know, starting, begin their interest, not only with the selfie image, you know, like I'm here, I'm present, and I'm a part of the world. But also, and in, in, it helps and enables um, artists who are interested in exploring their own art form and and and, and writing and, and creating a way of developing um, their own artist art interest in the arts. But with, um, I I also encourage people to to start photographing as early as possible. Even older people who are deciding to become photographers later, who are poets and other interests in writing, to start making photographs about their ideas. And and then, um, I really believe in having a, an education in photography too. It's not just, oh, I can pick up a camera and I can make this. Um, but you need a community to talk about your photographs so that you can have a critical discussion about the images you're making and not just, you know, making them and consuming them and, you know, but there should be some kind of exchange. Mm -hmm. Is there a particular project that's something that's in the back of your mind that you would love to do if you had the opportunity? Yeah, there's um, there there are two projects I I just started photographing in boxing gyms, um, mainly because they're um, I photograph bodybuilders and I, I love the way that people who are use their body as their temple use the body as a way of you know affirming their um, their power or feel, feeling empowered because there's so many people who are disempowered because of body images and I, I love I would I just want to continue photographing in that realm of people um, looking at their bodies and, and understanding the beauty that they're presenting so beauty is something that I'm interested in exploring not the beautiful but just beauty beauty is is something that is um, something that needs to be a part of our lives every day and that's something that I want to uh, document. Mm -hmm. uh, just one last question. Um, when you were starting out as a young child thinking about photographs, did you think that it would bring you here to Tisch, being the dean? No, I'm, I'm the sorry, chair. being the chair of the, <laughs> the department. Chair of the department. No, I actually wanted to be a photojournalist. <laughs> and um, and I, um, I was stopped because of racism, you know, that, mm. you know, I, I graduated with the same degrees with my colleagues, and I brought my portfolios to the Newsweek and Time and places and said, oh, here, here's my work, and, and they said, oh, come back in three months, bring your portfolio back in three months, and I'd go back in three months, and, you know, no one was interested in mm -hmm. what, I, what I wanted to do. And so it really was a, a very disappointing moment for me, but at the same time, I knew I had another story to tell, which was the story of black photographers. So it worked out. Right. <laughs> you know. And getting through that, that was courage, perseverance, faith. Faith, you know, faith to believe that I had a, I had a mission, you know. Yeah. That's a great story. Mm -hmm.
I never thought about it again. After <laughs> this is the first time I thought about this since 1975. Oh wow! <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to, to speak with me. Great. Uh, and, I, and I think there's a lot of lessons that a lot of people can take away from what you've said today. Oh, great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.